0: welcome to the art grind podcast this is a podcast run by artists for artists where we talk about what it means to be one i'm tun miyai the producer with our host dina brodsky and marshall jones this is being recorded between our many jobs and side hustles we bring you in-depth investigations into the lives of artists we admire and the stories behind the creative journey. So stay on the grind while we fill your mind. i
1: painting for about, yeah, I don't know, anywhere between two and a half hours to four and a half hours, maybe, of a session of painting. And, um, and then Danny my girlfriend, um, she edits all that stuff. She records and edits all that stuff. And I do the voiceovers and I, you know, try to butcher my way through editing voiceovers and to, you know, to make it sound like I'm somewhat coherent and um, yeah. And we put them up. So it's, um, it's really nice because it's not, I'm not trying to be academic. I mean, I, I taught for 12 years at a fine arts faculty here, but, um, but it's not that it's not trying to, you know, this, this is not like an on like an online course or like classes, like, I'm not trying to do anything like that. I'm just kind of telling people, or or at least I'm framing it as something that's more like, um, this is my process. You know, this is something that works for me. And you can accompany me. And I'm going to just reflect upon it and think out loud while I'm painting. And, you know, when I finish a painting, I'm just going to try to make sense of of what happened. And by the end of the week, I try to, you know, see how I, I... kind of gauge how I uh, explored the possibilities that were available to me throughout the week. And and then we, you know, n- next week we do it again. So, so we just started this year contemplating that instead of having um, these five videos, we could do um, like an interview with, you know, cool people. And, um, so I have a bunch of cool, you know, painter friends that I can interview and the people that I don't know, I just, you know, I'm shameless. So I'll just call them up and, or write something and say, Hey, I I would love to just have a conversation with you. And, um, yeah, so we put that unedited conversation. So we don't, I'm not going to edit that. That's terrible. So whatever I say, if I say something stupid, it's there (laughs) and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um but uh we put it up and and we put some painting you, you know we put some of the uh daily painting videos alongside that conversation so you can just you can kind of like you know listen and just peek and and look at the video and see a painting kind of take place and then there's another painting take place so um i don't know it's been it's been good it's been like a crazy exhausting exercise because it's not anything
0: it's nowhere near what i understood painting to be so so
1: that was it was very weird for me to try to transition into thinking that painting was going to be this sort of different daily you know routine exercise because I was painting like I guess most of us paint which is you know you have projects of painting and, and you just wake up and you paint and you know in my case I would have to go teach and then I would come back and paint a little bit more that's about it uh, but there were usually, you know, larger paintings that would span any anywhere from, I don't know, sometimes weeks to other paintings, months. And yeah, and then you try to, you know, either have a show or you sell those paintings somewhere and you keep doing that, I guess. But um, but yeah, but I, I, I got kind of, I don't know, bored? No, bored is not the word, not, not even like uninterested because, you know, I, I love painting but I just wanted to feel something different, like to have a different experience while painting. And, um, and I thought that, you know, this made sense. I, I, I was parallel to my bigger painting. I was always painting on a sketchbook all the time. Um, and I thought, well, what if, you know, what if I could just paint, you know, like I paint in a sketchbook, you know, what if painting doesn't have to be like, you know, this is the study for this larger painting. Like what if the study was it? What if you just study painting, you know, and you just do it, um, you know, day in, day out, day in, day out, you know, how does that feel? What does that feel like? Cause I, 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 don't think, I, I, I'm, I think we're all sort of same generation and, and forgive me if I'm older than you guys. And I just offended the both of you, but,
2: uh, Hey Nicholas, how, how old are you? I'm 43. I'm
1: 43. So I'm probably a little bit older. no.
2: Not by all that much. Okay, so
1: make me so make me feel good, and I'll say just we're we're kind of from the same generation. And uh, no, so so all the painting that I've done in the past, it's you know it's over twenty years of painting where I just you know it was the same thing. It was just working for a show and working with galleries, and some galleries were like super cool, and and the owners and the curators were super nice people. You know, actually nice people that cared about you, and um, eventually. You know, I I don't know why. You know, just um, it's um, it's completely it's it's completely arbitrary. But um, a lot of those relationships ended. Some of them just because you know the person that was the owner of the gallery just wanted to shut it down and you know move somewhere else. And you know they had enough money and they were like, yeah, we're gonna you know close the gallery. And I was like, yeah, but that's where you know that's that's where i make a living <laughs> and i think that at, at that point I was like ah you know if, if i'm always like um beholden to somebody i I'm, i don't have control over anything that i'm doing you know i'm always going to be just looking for for a relationship with a with a gallery just to um you know to keep a floater to just you know um uh, just I, I have two kids so i have to like worry about a thousand things at a time and it, it you know, at one point I was like, well, what if I do this by myself? You know, it, it's not like I'm shunning galleries or it's nothing like that. It was just like, what if, what if I just kind of take control of this and, and what does that feel like to, you know, what, what would that look like? And I started just, you know, doing my own thing and creating this very weird niche market for, for the stuff that I do and it's worked out. I mean, it's very, very strange, but um, it, it, has, it has taught me that there's no one art market. Like, I, I used to believe that there was this bigger definition of art market and that we were all kind of subjected to it. Um, and now I kind of know that that's not true. The thing is, it's different, it's completely different, and our expectations of it have to be super, super different but it obviously exists and just regular people can fuel that art market that I've kind of discovered for myself. You know, I'm not saying I discovered anything, but I, but I was blind to it. So um, so it's been like a super cool exercise, I guess, for the last, I don't know, three years, maybe. Um, just turning everything upside down and, and, and understanding that painting i was i was i I kind of followed the path that i think we're all familiar with that you know you go to a gallery you're part of a group show you try to sell everything and if you sell everything they like you and they invite you to have or maybe they invite you to another group show and then you sell everything and then they tell you "Ah, this is so good Let's you know we're going to give you a show and if you have a show and you sell everything you're amazing and now you can paint bigger and more expensive paintings and if you sell those you know another door of that market opens up or maybe another gallery and you can paint bigger and more expensive and bigger and more expensive. And, you know, we can always kind of justify ourselves to say, Oh, that's when I can do, you know, the paintings that I really want to do. But, you know, and I kind of was following that path and I guess I did, you know, well enough in that path where, you know, where I've only painted, you know, for, for you know, whatever I've painted 20 years, you know, 20 some odd years, Um, I've only just painted, you know, that's been my job for, for as long as I know how to paint. So, um, but I don't know, I just thought, well, you know, this can't be everything. Like the goal, this, this particular goal can't be the only goal there is to painting. And, um, yeah,
0: so big, big changes, big changes that led me to painting, you know,
1: small daily paintings, whatever that means
3: you anticipated one of my questions was because uh actually in my locker at school that's closed right now obviously but there i have a old uh book of yours it was like a bootleg book from china all the text in right, right, right. china and right they were much more elaborate like figurative larger scale paintings right 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 and, and then following what you're doing now they're more uh like slice of life, and they feel like they're about the paint you're putting on itself. And you had right. said, why don't I try to figure out what that feels like? And I guess my question is, how does it feel, that shift?
1: It's, it's, it's very different. I was talking to somebody yesterday who, who you know, it's, it's one of these people that is very passionate about painting, and, and he truly believes that painting is making a comeback. And by comeback, I guess he means like, that we should be painting like if it was 1880s maybe you know in the 1890s which is like the pinnacle of like the naturalist like western naturalist tradition of painting you know anything they did in the 1880s was like amazing it's it's incredible it's like absolutely incredible painting and you obviously get these massive historical paintings all over europe it's it's not even i mean it's not like it's one country i mean I, I, for example, traveled to, um, to Poland. I went to Warsaw. I went to Krakow. I went to Poznan, just looking for huge paintings, looking for huge Matejko paintings, Malczewski paintings, and you know, I felt that feeling, that feeling where you look at these enormous, you know, gorgeous, like the the epic Slav, the Slav epic from uh, Muka. Yep. You, you look at those paintings, and you're like, oh my. God, like this is insane. Like this is, you know, this is what it's supposed to feel like when when you want to reach that summit of painting. But I was, you know, and, and, and this guy I was talking to yesterday, he he believes that we have to go back to that. Like that, like that is true painting. Like the, the glory of painting is represented by that. And I told them how, when I was doing all these trips, just trying to find, you know, throughout Europe, um, trying to find all these huge paintings that I wanted to see I would always find myself looking at very small paintings like you know and, and I have examples of like you know Menzel's foot or uh, there's a there's a Fortuny painting Mariano Fortuny painting in in el Prado in, in Madrid that's about that big it's a little kid naked kid lying in the grass and it is just ridiculously like the most Virtuoso painting I've ever seen, but it's just—it's a very simple painting. I mean, that, that Fortuny painting was probably not like um, like an ala prima painting. But um you know, I, I think about that painting and Menzel's foot. I think about uh, Rembrandt's Hendrik—you know—painting that she's uh, lifting her robe and, and stepping mm-hmm. into the river. Like that's an alla prima painting. I mean, I'm sure that painting didn't take Rembrandt. Um, it probably took him a couple of hours to paint. And it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And if you, if you would ask me, you know, if I had the night watch and I had this, you know, painting, um, smaller painting, which one I, you know, which one do you take with you? If you could take with you the night watch and you could just, you know, take it to your home and just look at it for the rest of your life. Um, it would be the Hendrick painting for me. You know, I've thought about this a lot because I, I almost felt like I was betraying my sense of painting by being more attracted to these simpler paintings than these obviously, you know, huge paintings. Because I one of my favorite paintings ever is the of the Medusa. And I, I do remember seeing it for the first time and I was like, you know, it's one of those moments where you just, like your knees buckle and you have a, this, you know, empty stomach and it, it was bigger than life. For me i remember that feeling too mm. but there's some but at some point you have to be the the person and the painter that you are and and i started realizing that yeah i, I love these more i don't know I don't, I don't even know what to call them or i don't even know how to denominate them now when i try to look back but i guess they're more complex paintings but they're probably i i don't even think that it's a matter of complexity like i've done daily exercises in these you know this this past year, um, where you know it's been horribly challenging to try to figure out you know resolve that painting, whatever painting I'm doing. It, it's it's not a matter of, of a certain subject matter being tough to paint or or a lighting setup. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I think you know the the, the reasons are probably far more abstract. But but i I've, I've felt you know, huge frustration and like fear, like horrible fear when encountering those problems. And you know, when I look back and when I try to reflect upon it, I'm like, is this less complex than just making a multi-figure composition? And I I think not. I just think it's different. It's completely different, but it doesn't feel like less of a painting. Because I've also heard, you know, other painters that I, you know, respect and and I, I totally understand them as friends, just tell me like, okay, you know, when are you gonna stop just doing these or sketches of studies? And they say, it like, it's something pejorative, like it's something smaller. Like, when are you gonna stop doing these to, to then, you know, do the bigger painting that's gonna come out of this exercise? Or, or, they, or, or they'll tell me like, oh, I'm so excited when we can actually see where all of this leads to. And I started thinking like, why does it have to lead anywhere? Like, why can't this be painting? Because it feels like painting. I mean, it completely feels like painting. It doesn't, it doesn't feel any different than, you know, I, I, I guess the most I've spent on a painting is about eight, nine months. And I, you know, it's, di- I, it's different. Like it, um I guess different feelings are born when you have to encounter something day in and day out. Like I remember the hardest thing, one of the hardest things to do when when you're working on a large composition is to remember why you like painting. Because I think we've all been there with, with, you know, larger paintings where you just look at a painting and months have passed and you're like, why the hell did I like this? Like I, I don't even remember what was driving me to paint this. Now, all I see now is just a you know half you know finished painting that I just have to execute. You know, I have to sit down or, or climb a ladder or whatever, and I just have to grind and, and finish it. I just have to resolve this damn thing. But there is a time during that painting that you lose it. Like you say you just kind of forget what, you know, that initial kind of burst of energy that you had when you wanted to make this this really cool composition. And I think finding that again, just finding that little source of of light um, that you once had with a bigger painting is actually something that's super cool. Like that's, that that's something that you can't experience if you're doing like smaller daily paintings that I, I totally acknowledge that, but I don't know, but there's also something super beautiful about being constantly challenged. And I'm not saying that if you, work on a large painting or, or, or a more complex painting or a more I don't know I don't even know what to what to call them. But you know, if you're working on a painting, I'm not saying that you're not being, you know, constantly challenged by by all the obstacles that are in front of you. But but there is something weird about just, you know, you wake up and you kind of have this certainty that you're going to be painting something that you haven't painted and you're going to be tackling it in a way where it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And you kind of start seeking that feeling. You you know, I, I've been searching for those moments in my paintings where I just feel like I know nothing about pain. Like I, you know, that all the experiences that I've had just serve no purpose because I feel like, you know, I'm doing something, I don't know if new, but at least new for me. And it's, it's terribly exciting to do those things. You know, it, it's amazing when you just, When you're in front of a painting and you realize oh wow you know the the tools that i thought i had are not are no good now you know Mm -hmm. they're they're not good for doing this
3: i feel you because i think like there there are times i've i've done really big paintings and it feels like you can always wrestle those down and there's just not really much stress to it but like a little one-shot painting like you're talking about it's the timers on and you can feel a new level of stress that you just won't feel on those big ones, you know? Mm.
1: Yeah. Which is heightened by the fact that, you know, I have a camera on top of my head hovering <laughs> on top of my head. And I, I had to struggle at the beginning with this, just, you know, this whole thing f- feeling like perform like a performance, yeah. you know, like, you know, I, I, I had to very quickly kind of strip away this feeling that I couldn't just mess up. You know that that i could that i had to sell this idea that every time you sit down you just make a cool painting because that's not true it's not true for anyone i've never seen a painter that doesn't struggle so um but for me it was it was super important just liberating myself and saying okay i know this damn thing is here but i'm just gonna paint my painting you know and it's a horribly uncomfortable way to paint too i always painted i've always painted uh, standing up i have to paint sitting down now um, and I have to keep my back like like almost painfully like straight just so I don't get into the uh, shot of the of the camera and uh, you know you can see my bolt spot just kind of bouncing the light off and, and just blinding everyone so I always have to be super careful about those things so I'm, I'm conscious about not moving like I have to just remain I, I'm almost like posing but I also have to paint so it's been like this absurd exercise of just self-control but also trying to feel super comfortable and liberating myself from feeling like i have to perform like you have to hit it out of the park every single time Mm -hmm. it's not about that it's it's you know because paintings at some point you know bleed into each other and you don't remember the good ones or the bad ones at some point it's like it's another painting and another painting and another painting and it's kind of cool because it's not like painting is becoming this mechanic thing because it never is. It's never if you do it right, it's never supposed to feel mechanic. But but there's something cool about just everything feeling like like a plane, like you know, this like this little kind of stream, this little noise that's connecting everything. And and all you see is just one big exercise. And it doesn't you know you don't you start not judging yourself and not thinking like oh i'm represented by this painting today like this painting right now is going to validate me you know it's going to show people how good or how you know how much i suck um no no but like i've been able to just get rid of all those feelings and it's super cool i mean in in a practical level um I, i i mean i i taught for like 12 years at um you know university level but I've also done workshops where I have to do like demos and stuff. And, you know, I could tell you, I could probably tell you right now that it's not that I would be able to perform, you know, not, not that I would tell you, I'm going to, you know, kill it, you know, doing this painting in front of like a thousand people. No, but it's just that I'm not going to care. And that's super cool. It's not like this is like an act and, you know, people are paying me to see this wonderful, beautiful painting emerge. It's not bad it's just that you could put a thousand people or 60,000 in the stadium and I'm not going to care. Like it's going to feel super comfortable. Like it's going to feel like I'm doing the same thing I've been doing for, you know, my whole life. So I think that those feeling like teaching myself those things it's super cool. And I guess it, you know, in the end you could say, well those are things that are born from painting but we're painting, you know, where the painting itself, like the object of painting itself, is not that important then, you know? You could do great paintings, or you could do a bunch of mediocre paintings, or or you could, um, or let's not, you know, denominate them as mediocre, just a bunch of paintings where you struggled. Um, And and you could do a bunch of those, and it, it won't matter. Like, what's mattering is that you're kind of comfortable in your own skin, and you understand yourself as a painter, and, You know
0: you you just start seeing painting as as i guess i don't know my
1: goal is probably if i have a goal it's probably to um and i've been trying to make sense of this um to make it kind of feel invisible you know where where you know i don't have to say i woke up and you know i have to uh, uh take my kids to well i don't take them to school but i have to take them downstairs so they you know the bus picks them up and then I have to, you know, be ready when they come in and I have to make them, you know, lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever. So I don't have to think of my life like, okay, now my kids are gone. Now I'm going to be a painter. You know, now it's it's like, okay, it's my time. It's my time to work. You know, this is what I do for, for, for a living. No, I want everything to just kind of, you know, all those boundaries to sort of disappear. So, you know, that, that painting feels like, I went to the grocery store and I bought this and then I made a soup and then I painted and then I played with my kids. And then I, you know, I want painting to be that I want, I really want painting to feel like that because I I, I've noticed that if it does feel like that, I can understand it as, as part of my life, you know, as, as a true companion for my life, not as this, you know, exogenous thing where, you know, if my kids interrupt me, I get, like super pissed off, and I'm like, "Oh, shut up! I'm painting. Like, don't interrupt. Like, dad, you know, dad is working. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I don't care. Like, they come, you know, they, when I'm doing when I'm painting, my daughter comes in like all the time and tells me like, okay, I was doing this TikTok, and my daughter's nine, by the way. So there's so many wrong things about that, but <laughs> um, but she and she starts t- talking to me about this, you know, ridiculous thing. And I have a camera on top of me, and I'm painting, and I and I I find that adorable. I find that like, yeah, this is great. This is perfect. Like that, this is the way I'm supposed to paint, and and not be bothered by it. Not not feel you know at the least bit like this is something stressful. Like she wasn't supposed to do this. Like you know that this act was very precious. Um, no, it's not. It's just painting. Uh, so I. I'm trying to make it feel like that. Now, what what does that mean about the paintings that are being produced? I have no clue. I have no idea, Not, you know? It, it's almost like, like a mood point, like it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, those paintings in, in many ways don't really matter. Um, but I love to, and the, the, the strangest thing, because, you know, we sell these paintings, so, it's, 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 um, it's super nice to be able to say, well, the paintings don't matter, but you know, they're for sale instead of just saying like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite painting. You know what? I I didn't want to say anything, but the painting you're about to buy, that's always been my favorite. And you're trying to make a sale every single time. No, I, I tell people like I'm completely unattached to the paintings completely. Mm -hmm. But I, every time I sit down and paint, I, my life is given to this painting. Like I, it's, it's an act of painting that is done lovingly. And I don't think I would be able to do what I'm doing. At least I'm not saying like that there's a level to what I'm doing. I'm not saying the paintings are good or not. Who cares that? Like none of that matters. I'm saying that for me, you know, the way it feels for me, I wouldn't be able to do it if I'm not doing it lovingly. And honestly, like, this is so much hard work. Like, me and Danny, my girlfriend, we work seven days a week. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Like we were just, we just stopped working right, like right now. And, you know, it's not, if you don't believe in something that you're doing or, or believe that there's, you know, that something in there makes sense, it would be so stupid to do what we're doing. It would be ridiculous. It doesn't matter if they're paying you. It doesn't matter if we're selling like every single painting or if we weren't, it, it would be dumb. It would be a, a very dumb decision. So I don't know, you know, that that's where I'm at. It's probably painting has become something, I don't know, like parallel to the reflections that I do with my life, I guess. But um, but it's nice. It's super liberating to just not, not think about painting in, in in terms of painting but you know just look at it in a far broader you know uh, way and just saying hey this is you know this is my life this is one of those you know this is it, it's one of those things that i do in life it doesn't make me less of a painter it doesn't make me like a sunday painter it doesn't you know it doesn't it, it doesn't matter like the, again denominating it in, in in some way won't matter um, it just is. It, it is what it is. I guess. I don't. I don't know. Wait, wait
2: Nicholas. So before. Yes. Uh, okay um before you got here and it sounds like kind of part of the beauty of where you are right now is that it is it's so it, it is your life it's so integrated with your life and your paintings you know involve your day-to-day life and you it seems like you also have full control of of your career and of how you make a living but uh how did you start out you know 20 years ago uh, or I, uh, I hope it's where were you? I'll go before? ahead. Where were you before you were here? Like, like basically what, what made Nicholas?
1: Yeah, so, so I, I guess huge part is that my mom's an artist, but my mom is an artist that people would consider like um, like unsuccessful, you know? My, she was able to work, but it's you know, she wasn't super commercially successful because she loved etching. She was doing like woodcuts, like stylography etching. And you know, people that etch know that nobody cares about etching. So i say that lovingly because i love etching too um so i always had this this you know idea of my mother being an artist and doing something that she loved just because she loved it you know that that was the, the one thing she wanted to do and i remember one time she was like destroyed because she worked for like two years just wood you know wood cutting wood carving and um and she had a callus in her hand that was, you know, ridiculous. It was huge just from, the, uh, um, just from all the uh, carving that she was doing. And she did a show, and it was a beautiful show. And, and, and the, the, you know, the pieces of wood were gorgeous. Um, and she didn't sell anything. And she, she was destroyed. Like, people didn't understand, you know, what it was and, and didn't care for it. So I also saw, like, the pain that accompanies those moments that are terribly frustrating, I guess, you know, so, and, and I kind of grew up with that. So it wasn't just this kind of romantic, glamorous idea of what an artist is supposed to be, but, you know, what most artists are, because whenever we think of artists, we think that everyone is Damon Hurst, you know, that every, you know, that's what the artist, that that's what the artist lifestyle looks like. And it's ridiculous. There's so many definitions of art. There's so many ways to To understand how art is uh, part of your life, that you know, you you very rarely hear about the people that are you know that can't make a living through art or you know they were never that successful, they're not recognized, but they keep going. They you know they keep doing what they're doing because they love it. So you know, this is my mother. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship at SBA in New York. So I went to study there, but I was going to study comic books. I was going to study cartooning and I wasn't good at it. I sucked and I changed to illustration and I did work as an illustrator as an illustrator for a while. And eventually I realized, well, not eventually I realized, I mean, the, the moment I saw my teachers paint, I had Steve cell, I had Max Ginsberg as teachers. When I saw them paint, I was like, Oh, this is it to me. Like, I want to be a painter, like period. Um, and um, eventually I got frustrated with myself, but I, you know, I was living in New York. I, I, I was born in the U S so I could, I could have stayed there for as long as I wanted, but, um, but I was alone. I, I, you know, my whole family is here in, in Colombia, in Bogota. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say, Oh, I'm going to go to my grandparents' house or I'm going to go to my mother's house for a little bit, and just paint. No, I was, you know, I needed my job and, and, Um, I was in a relationship at that moment, so I was only able to paint, like, on the weekends, maybe. And I got really sad at myself that I was like, you know, I'm supposed to be a painter. Like, that's what I was, you know, that's what I felt I was. And I just, you know, because I was doing um, my job as an illustrator, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't do it. So um, the only way I, I thought it was possible for me to keep painting was just coming back home. And um and pushing myself to say, okay, you made a huge sacrifice, you you went back home and that has to mean something to you. And I I often tell people like, people from smaller cities well, Bogota is not small, but obviously Colombia is considered like a you know a third world country. But if you go from New York, like if you went from Bogotá to New York, like that's like okay, you you know, you're doing something good. But if you have to go back, a lot of times people judge it as, okay what happened? Like, where did you fail? Where did you stumble? Like you, you probably weren't able to just fulfill, you know, those dreams that you had. And I had to wrestle a lot with that, but I also told myself if I'm going back and it's going to feel like regressing, I have to work my ass off. Like I have to, if if I'm telling myself that I'm going back because I want to be a painter, I, you know, I have to give myself a shot. Like I have to really give myself a shot to see if I can be a painter so i uh, i looked for galleries um until i you know one gallery director she was kind enough to look at my work because all the other galleries could care less about my paintings and they gave me a show and um i had a year and a half to work uh to make the paintings for that show and i i ended up doing like 47 paintings and i i always tell this because i'm proud of it but but it but it's also because it was the beginning of me feeling like I was, I was, I I started believing in myself and I started saying like, okay, this is it for me. And and we sold like 45 paintings, like opening night. And I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like if I worked that hard, if I sacrificed, you know, where I was living my life and, and, and the life that I knew and the illusion of success that I had, because I was, you know, working in New York as an illustrator, then if I sacrificed all of that to this, then, you know, make it count. And I realized, okay, I can make it count, but it, I'm going to need to work like crazy. Like I'm going to need to work my ass off. And and I started just painting like crazy. And like I was, uh, like I was telling you guys, like at the beginning that I, I started going on this path where, you know, you start with a smaller gallery and, and our shows were super successful and you go to bigger galleries and, Um, I eventually got to a really nice gallery here that would um, show my work in fairs in Mexico, for example, or in Spain, in art fairs, like huge art fairs. They would take my paintings and that would broaden markets, you know, incredibly. And, um, and, you know, suddenly I was doing, I mean, suddenly, but this is years later, but suddenly I was doing super well. And eventually I got this uh, bug, like this bug bit, bit me to try and, teach because I've always, I've always spoken about how, um, both my teachers, but it was specifically looking at Steve paint for the first time. It was, it was just, it just blew me away. Just absolutely blew me away. I had never seen, I, I mean, I had never painted before because all I knew was how to edge and draw, uh, and, and just seeing somebody like Steve, but by the way, I mean, he paints like this animal, nobody paints like that. Um, yeah, it's just such a weird, unique way of approaching painting. And I saw him paint, and I was like, this—it just blew my mind. And Steve was super kind with me, and and Max Ginsberg also. Max was just one of the loveliest people I've ever met in my life, and and they helped me out like crazy. And I was like, if I could be the tenth of what they, you know, of what they meant for me, if I could be the tenth of that for other people, like I'm gonna feel content with my, like, I'm, I'm going to feel happy with, with my job as a teacher. So, so I, I realized that, you know, having a, a good teacher and I don't, I'm not saying that I'm a good teacher, but having a good teacher is one of the things that people don't realize it, but that changes lives, like literally changes lives. And I, I felt it was so important that if I, if I was going to teach, I would try to also be like a super, you know, cool teacher and i didn't understand what that meant at the beginning i I probably sucked as a teacher at the beginning but eventually you know it was it was it was incredible and dealing with you know 20 19 year olds in a you know in in a painting studio is never going to be easy never and i was able to be super comfortable with that and understand what that felt like and and I, you know, ended up teaching twelve years. So it was, it was really, really nice. It was, it was uh, very, very fulfilling. But, um, but I, I, I felt like that cycle ended um, because it was frustrating for me that at this particular university where I where I taught, um, it's a it's a huge, huge university, and the fine arts faculty is huge also. But I had this feeling that. You know if i didn't quit nobody else was going to be able to teach painting and that feels stupid like like there were these younger painters that were not given you know the chance to start their own like careers or, or experiences that they wanted to have through teaching just because i was there so i was like no i'm you know i i don't have to be here forever like i could just quit now and and have you know people that are I started when I was 29 teaching, which is a little, I think it's a bit young to teach, but I started when I was 29 and um, and there were like 28, 29 year olds that I was like, yeah, you guys teach now. Like you guys start your own you know, path if you want to teach, like I'll step aside. And I think that that's kind of cool. That's kind of like the way it's supposed to feel like. You just let other people just also do their thing instead of you just, you know, holding on for dear life to this job just because it's a job I, I was like no i'm ready to just give that up and, and try to look for some you know try to find some other like avenues for uh, for myself as a as a painter and it was nice too it was nice too because i don't know if you guys teach or if you do workshops or stuff like that but but um for me it was at some point I was like more of a teacher than a painter like i I started saying I was a painter. When I started, I was like, "No, I'm definitely a painter that teaches." And eventually, you say, "I'm a painter and a teacher." And then eventually, you go like, "I'm a teacher and a painter." And I remember one time where I introduced myself as a teacher, and I was like, "Oh my God, what the hell is going on? No, <laughs> this is not right." And um, and I was like, "I have to go back to painting." And and perhaps the, you know, I guess you know this was I. I I, I took the long road to answer this question, but uh, what you were saying, Dina, is like, um, I guess I finally landed on this and I'm able to um, do a lot of self-reflecting through painting because I missed it, because I, I missed it so much. Like, you know, it, it was it was something that when I was, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy uh, teaching. I love teaching. I love my, you know, all of my former students are, are people that i admire profoundly i mean there's nothing more exciting than like a young talented artist it's incredible but at some point i was like ah, i want to be back in like my own little studio space whatever that means it could be a huge studio it could be like small closet it doesn't matter but um i want to be back again i want to feel that i'm trying to figure things out again i want to i I don't want to go and like i have i only have like a a bachelor's i I never did my mf my mfa like i didn't have money to do that and i was like i'm by myself i'm not going to keep studying in my mind i was like that's ridiculous like why would i ever do that but i and so so I, i always thought about what would that feel like if i went back to school and then i you know and it's not like I'm old now, and, and, and I'm not going to be like super proud and say, "No, you can't teach me." No, if anything, like I would love to do workshops with a ton of painters that I admire, but um, but I, I I also know that there's a ton of things that I have to figure you know that if fig- I have to figure out for myself, like there's a ton of stuff that I don't know if anyone will ever be able to help me with. It's just me and my path. Like this is the path that I'm supposed to walk. By myself and i'm supposed to figure things out and i guess i was missing that like i was i was really really missing that so maybe all of this is just me yearning for those things you know trying to find not purpose in painting because painting i've, I've always loved painting but just um i don't know something different something I, i've always felt that painting is some means something different to me not not that it's this higher thing than anyone else you know i don't i'm not comparing myself to anyone i don't i don't care to compare myself to anyone else but it just feels different you know whenever i see people that are super satisfied with a big show with a big gallery i'm like yeah i probably you know i'd be lying to myself if i tell myself yeah that's what i want to do yeah i want to sell you know i remember when i was younger i would go to forum and steve would have a show and he would have like a huge painting and it was like five hundred thousand dollars. And it was sold and I was like, Oh my God, you know, that's what I want. Of course I was like 20 and I was like, yeah, that's, that is what painting is supposed to feel like, you know, you made it, you're in a cool uh, gallery on, you know, 57th and fifth or whatever. And, um, you're selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars of painting. You're respected. That's it. Like look no further. That's the end of the road. That's awesome. But yeah, at some point I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Like I, I can do, I don't need $500,000. I don't need all that money. Like I, I, I came to a point in my life where I was like, yeah, I don't need that stuff. I, I like, I can live a cool life. I'm not saying I'm, it's not like I'm in a hut here. You know, it's not like I'm this hermit that says like, I've, you know, I have, um, uh, I, I have no sense of attachment to anything. I don't care about technology. I don't know. No, I have a computer. I, I play video games with my son. I, I'm totally, I buy stuff that I like, but I have no, but I, I, I also know when I, I have enough, like I have enough and I'm not even close to being successful in the terms that I, Thought that I was supposed to be successful, you know, when I was younger. Mm. I, I, I guess I kind of rewired my brain into trying to understand success some other way, you know. There's, there's so many ways of looking at it, and it's weird because I have two kids. Like that would suppose that you have to work harder, and you have to earn more money, and you have to just be even more kind of mature about it, and and just. Go for those places. Go for those bigger galleries. Go for that bigger, you know, pot of money. Uh, and I, I always, I always thought, well, this is going to sound irresponsible. But what if I go the other way? What if I? What happens if I go the other way? And it was. I mean, I was scared. So I'm, I apologize, but I was scared shitless because, yeah, if you're by yourself, you could do that. You could make that decision. But if you have two kids, you're like, yeah, you're playing with you know, you two kids, but I just, I trusted myself. It's not like I didn't care about them. I just trusted myself. And I was like, no, I think that if I hit this other way, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to, to uh, take care of them. No, I'm always going to be able to take care of them. But I just want to see what happens if you go the wrong way, if you go about it differently. So this, this project that we're doing, it's, it's just that it's going about things in a completely different way. So, and it's, I mean, it has worked, but I I, I hope that I don't understand it as it being successful just because it has worked. Like when we started this project, I told Danny, Danny, if we don't sell, like, we're probably going to be able, we're going to be making hundreds of paintings. which selling hundreds of paintings, even if they're small. And even if we're selling them at a super affordable, you know, price, affordable in the you know, in a, in a very relative sense to like the art world. But if we're gonna do that, that's not easy. It doesn't matter if you sell them for like 40 bucks, it's not easy, it's never going to be easy. So I, I told her, if we sell like 50% or 40%, well, you know, we have to kind of see that as something that's good, that's gonna be good. We, we can't be frustrated if we don't sell everything we do. And we've sold everything we've done, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's just been really nice to understand that if you kind of tell a community, like, I'm not just asking you to buy a painting, like, I'm not just like, I'm not using my Instagram or social media to just say, Hey, this is a post of my painting, buy it. Just throw money at my face, buy it. And then just be grateful and happy that you own my painting. And that that painting is going to make you happy um just yeah that's it and that's where our relationship ends no i i i kind of you know shared with people what we were doing and and telling them hey we're gonna put out all these videos like all this stuff is not there's no paywalls there's no anything you don't have to pay me for patron you don't have to do anything and those things are fine by the way i'm not saying i'm not criticizing anything again this is my path you know yeah, sometimes people think that I'm being super critical of, of how other stuff works. No, I'm not. This is just how I felt I needed to do things. And, um, you know, I was like, what if things are just you know available? You don't have to, you know, I I don't know about Dina, but <laughs> my country, uh, Colombia, my students have no money, you know? And so when you tell them, oh, you need Photoshop to do that, they will, they will just, you know, pirate Photoshop, right? They, they will just, they, they say, I can't pay for that license. I'll just pirate it. So, I've always... Think-
2: I have pirated Photoshop as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, no, yeah. I, I told somebody yesterday, this is the first time in my life, and I'm 43, that I've paid for an Adobe license. First time in my life that I felt like, okay, I can pay this now. Because before, I was like, I could pay it, but it's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but I've, I've seen people, you know, have to go through tons of hoops. I like to try to get things that, you know, to try to find things that they can't afford, you know, find ways to get things that they can't really afford. So I was like, instead of just making people go to like CGPers, which is like a a server that has tons of pirated things that have to do with art, instead of going there, why don't you just make it available? Why don't you just tell people, hey, you don't have to pay, Five bucks at Gumroad it's free you know it's free and, and people go like and how is it free well you know I guess that the people that decide to buy the painting you know they'll subsidize that you know the the fact that it can be free but people would tell me yeah but you don't know if people are going to pay you so you don't know that they're actually subsidizing anything and I went like yeah well that's you know uncertainty that's totally fine I'm totally cool with uncertainty so um, so we just made it available and free. And every video has also this high res file of the painting, like literally the, the super nice photo that I take of my paintings, you could download it. You could actually print it. You could print that book. Like you could make a book out of all the paintings that I've, I've um, that, I, that we've posted um, uh, and, and the links that we've shared in, in the uh, description of the videos. And that's totally fine. I tell people, yeah, if you want to print it, print it. Like don't, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to go after anyone. Like if, if you want to make a, a book, if you want to make like a, a, a zine, if you want to, if you want to do anything with those images, go, go crazy, go nuts. Because I remember when I was younger, I, I would I would feel so pissed when I was trying to look for a painter that I liked. And I, all I saw were like these stupid little JPEGs of, of their paintings. And I was like, oh, come on, share something that's cool. Like it's the only way that I'm going to be able to look at your painting and that or going to a museum. There's so many museums around the world that they won't let you take pictures. It's just so frustrating. And it's not, it has nothing to do with just like, oh, your flash is going to damage. It's, it's like, no, we own the copyright of this painting. So we own the reproductions rights. So that's why you can't take photos. And it's like, oh, come on, F you. Like, let people take pictures of, of paintings. Like,
2: Do you think that's because things used to, I don't know, even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, people operated from at least, I mean, I was in New York at the same time you're in New York. And I feel like people a little older than us, probably they would kind of hoard their connections. Like that was their little treasure trove right. because they felt like, you know, right. they felt like there was a finite amount of money or collectors or galleries out there. And I right. feel like people, people younger than us um, actually share a lot more willingly because the material, quality stopped being there's a finite amount of it um, and, and went to being, there's actually enough, there's enough of the pie for everyone really like that. And, and- Yeah,
1: no, you, you're totally right. You're totally right. And galleries used to be different too, because the roster of the galleries, if you look like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there's a smaller roster when you look at galleries. So galleries were really like protective of their artists. They would go like, yeah, this is, you know, these are important people for us. And uh, nowadays, I go to galleries and they have like 90 artists. And, and I'm like, oh, come on. Don't tell me that you care for 90 people at the same time. That's impossible. And I, I've met, like, I, I work with some galleries in the U.S. And some people are amazing. Like, there's, there's uh, directors that are, you know, really nice people. Um, and they do care about the well-being of their artists. You know what's also painfully true in the galleries that if you don't sell, they don't care. Like they won't care about you. They'll care about you if you sell, and that's it. That, and that's fine because their side of all of this is is that they're a business, and you know they they have to understand themselves as a business. But but it was it was it was very different. But even today, though, it's an, it's very unfortunate that that we still that you know some of those things are lingering, and we have we have almost. Um, kept those things alive where people do think that there's a spot in a gallery, like galleries have spots and that you have to like protect. Like if somebody comes in, it's like, Oh my God, you know, now the people that are the uh, the collectors, the base the, the, that, um, that, um, that, that is, rep- is represented by the people that, you know, buy, you know, paintings or whatever, sculptures, drawings in this gallery, they now have more options. And they're going to see this new painter that's being introduced to this gallery as like, Oh fuck. Now I, you know, before I had a one in 10 chance of you know, of selling my paintings. Now I have a one in, you know, 11 and, you know, people start thinking about odds oh, instead of thinking like, I, I started and this, hel- this helped me years ago where I, I remember I got really pissed off with myself because when I, I I compared myself a ton with other artists and compared myself where I would always come out, you know, just losing because I would always see like younger people that were more talented or, you know, I wanted to be, you know, part of a gallery and somebody else was able to get into that gallery before me or I was, or I wanted to um, get a, a grant from a foundation And five of my friends got it and I never did. And that's a true story, by the way. And So it was always like, ah, and I was so pissed off at myself. Yeah.
2: Which foundation was it?
1: Oh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Greenshield. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay, okay. So meet me me and you both marshall was uh one of the ones that got it actually i feel like everyone i know got we it. hate you we hate you
1: marshall <laughs> but of course we do
2: and my, and my sister got that grant like three times right uh, yeah yeah,
1: yeah and- that, that was even worse like my friends all everyone in my circle it's like oh we got it and a lot of them were like i've gotten it more than twice like I, I just, I just, I can write anything and they'll just throw money at my face. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can't talk to you guys anymore.
2: Yeah, it, well, I think at some point it's like, I think I'm not going to apply to this anymore because they just don't like me. Like the first time yeah. I'm yeah. too young. And then the second time it was like, maybe it wasn't my best work. And the third time it was like, maybe I didn't write the application well enough. And by the fourth yeah. time it was like, I, I think they just don't like my work.
3: <laughs> yeah, as
1: Canadians, you know, by the fifth time, and by the way, I don't know if it was for you, but it, you had to wait. I don't know what it was, like three years or something to reapply?
2: Yeah, it's two years and I did it for yeah, two so it was
1: horrible. it, it was horrible. It wasn't bad enough to like, you were bad, but you're not like next year bad. You're like three years in the future bad. <laughs> That's like terrible. That was like horrible.
2: I watched this. Hey, Marshall, did you end up getting it more than once?
3: you know i applied once and got it once that's all i've done <laughs>
1: Nah, see we still hate you i mean but you only I mean, you only need to do it once but, uh,
3: no and and but you know i was i was i was saying
1: that because at some point um these were my friends and i was like what are you doing dude like just be happy for them like that's that is such an amazing accomplishment just be happy and my mind and this was years ago but my mind decided to just start celebrating other people's work instead of looking at them as competition instead of looking at them as, oh, you know, they were the ones who got into the portrait competition or they were the ones who, you know, uh, got, uh, they were finalists for this prize. Um, and me being pissed off that it wasn't there. I was like, hell yeah. You know, I was, I, you know, I started saying like, oh, she's a fucking incredible painter. Like, hell yeah, I know her. Like, and, and it, it really changes everything when you just feel, happy to them you celebrate it, all their accomplishments you celebrate their painting in the sense that you can start um, understanding what you can learn from from your friends also it doesn't mean that you have to copy them of course it doesn't mean that you have to copy them but you, you start kind of opening up to learn from from their experiences from their paintings and that's amazing it feels great you you, you start I, I think that when you get there I'm not saying there is somewhere where you know everyone should go but in my case, when I got to that point where I just didn't feel you know, anything but just happiness when they were doing fine, you realize that kind of like what Dino was saying, you don't, like there's spots for everyone. When you're doing the work that you're supposed to do, everyone will like welcomes you with open arms because if you think about it, you're doing the work that nobody else can do because you're doing your work, you know? And you are as unique as, as, as it can be, you know? And when you figure that out, you realize I don't have to push so hard to try to find what I'm supposed to do. I just kind of have to accept and, and, and realize that all these like roads that I've, you know, all these experiences that I've had in my life, at some point they just feel like they make sense and and suddenly they are grounded by painting. You know, in our case, you know, as painters, they, we, we kind of, you know, we 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 finally understand those experiences through painting and that's where you know that's where you become your painter that's where you don't look like anyone else and you're not trying to look like anyone else you 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 actually don't care what everyone else looks like and and it's not like you don't care like like I don't give a crap no it's just that you know they are wonderful and you know I'm here in my little planet and I'm doing my own little thing and that's awesome too and I, and I think that that's, uh, that's a really healthy place to be at I feel you know and and that's where that's where those expectations of painting or those validations that we kind of seek through institutions or galleries or prizes or they they stop mattering because you realize hey I'm actually doing well you know it's not a it's a new definition of doing well it doesn't have to coincide with anyone else's but it's it's your definition. And if you're happy and if you're doing the painting that you love to paint to do, what what else do you want? Like what what else could you want from life? You don't need anything else. Like that's that's it. Just try, try to stay there.
3: <laughs> I'm happy to hear you say that because I think um, kind of that looking over your shoulder stuff and the envy and the jealousy, it's really a poison. And not only does it hold you back from enjoying yourself, but actually holds you back from like learning, just being someone who's constantly has their head in the wrong spot. And like you're saying, if you can let go of that, become yourself, you'll take off in so many like wonderful directions that you, you want if you just walk around that poison in yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Speaking of things that I, um, heard of you doing and that i haven't seen anyone else do right
1: Um, oh my god this is not sounding right this is doesn't (laughs) sound good at all this wasn't a good intro to the question
2: (laughs) all right so i've always wanted to you know um in in fact i actually wanted you on this podcast partially because i like your work but partially specifically to ask about this one thing which i I have very mixed feelings about Um, oh
1: god Go, go,
2: I it's just sounding worse and worse, right? <laughs> you had this incredibly beautiful sketchbook. It's probably the first I, I ever saw of your work with your sketchbook on yes. more on Instagram. And yeah. at one some point, someone sent me this post, being like, "Look, look what this guy did to a sketchbook and uh, yeah. it's burning that incredibly beautiful." Yeah. Sketchbook. Uh Could you talk about this a little bit?
1: Yeah, it was. It just. Um it it felt you know what i was feeling i was going to say it felt it felt like the right thing to do but no it was actually it was i guess just letting it you know saying goodbye to it was was what i was supposed to be doing by the end and that could have been done in you know tons of ways but um, i decided to have s'mores with my kids and and just burn the paintings but <laughs>
2: what about putting it on a shelf <laughs> you, yeah no, you, but, you but here's
1: the thing that, but here's the thing that hopefully hopefully it makes sense but um but it doesn't have to make sense in in true honesty um no i i realized that i was um getting way too attached to my paintings way way too attached i mean i had some paintings of danny of my girlfriend there that i really really liked and I had some paintings of my son and daughter that I thought were beautiful. And that's totally fine. Like having that feeling is fine. I, I think that throughout this year of this project, like I've done paintings that I've thought were beautiful of Danny, were beautiful of Fede, of my daughter, and were really beautiful of, of my son, uh, Samuel. So I have those feelings. I, I, I think that those feelings are, are fine. It's not like you're not supposed to feel that. But I think at some point I was treasuring those paintings, and i didn't want that feeling i really didn't i i I didn't i thought it would be stupid to be painting in a sketchbook where all my pages would stick together where i just you know i I didn't i cared more about the act of painting than the painting itself to then realize like oh my god like this painting actually came out really nice like i should keep this one when i started having those feelings and and recognizing that was having those feelings I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that because this is going to feel exactly like just doing a nice big painting. This is going to feel like exactly the same. And, um, and I had this flashback to this painting that I did years ago of, of my father. And I remember having this painter that I really respected tell me like, you know, that's the best painting you're ever going you know, you'll ever do that. That's your painting. That's the painting. People are going to know you by, they're going to remember you by. This is a great painting. And that's as good as you're going to paint. And I was like oh my god what are you doing to me like I wasn't I was what 28 27 like what do you do? I peaked when I was 20 28 that's crazy that's so stupid what am I going to do for mm-hmm. the rest of my life and and they were telling me like don't sell that painting like don't do anything with that painting you don't know what you have there you're you're supposed to keep that painting and you're supposed to show that painting but you're not supposed to sell that painting and I was like what are you talking about? I have to sell painting. What, what, what do you think I live? Like, I have to make a living. I have to sell painting. In fact, like this was painting my dad in a robe with like just white legs sticking out. I was like, to sell that painting would be a miracle. Who wants a painting of my dad? Like, you know, barely awoke and, and, and just with these like horribly white legs. <laughs> I was like, if I sell it, it's an achievement. Like that should be celebrated. But people were like, no, no, no. And eventually I did sell it because I was like, of course I'm going to sell it. Like, that's stupid. And letting go of that painting of my dad was something that was very tough because I was younger and because I was hearing so many people just tell me not to do it. And I didn't want like an altarpiece at my studio or at my house where I was just, I don't know, it just felt ridiculous to to have this icon of a painting that you just... You know, people will go in and tell you how magnificent you are because you're painted this painting. And I was like, I don't need that. That's terrible. That's going to hold me back for the rest of my life. Like, I'm good. I'm going to be seeking people just telling me how good this dumb painting is, and I just I didn't want that. And we sold the painting. You know, we, we eventually sold that painting. I mean, really well. Or, I mean, when I was younger, it just felt like a really good price because I just didn't really think that anyone would pay anything for that painting. Um, but uh, I've never seen that painting again, which is kind of unfortunate. I would love to eventually go and travel and see the painting. But um, but I was having those same feelings when I was looking at, at, at you know these um, these sketchbooks that I did uh, over two years. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't want that feeling again. I really don't. Like if I, if I wanted that sense of, of not being attached to these paintings, of not understanding them as, you know, the greatest things I'll ever do. If I want to start teaching myself, I have to let go. I have to let go. And I'll be honest, like I'm being super, super honest. I got offered so much money, like so much money for that, for, you know, my sketchbooks. And it just didn't feel right. Just didn't that doing that would have been, yeah, financially it would have made sense, but it would have been also one of those things that you're like, why were you doing these? They're like, why were you doing this? It's like for two Because I was painting in parallel on my sketchbook for over two and a half, three years, I guess. And I would have been so pissed at myself that if I had a reason for doing this and I betrayed it at the end because they just threw enough money in my face. And it just didn't feel right. It's just, like I said, it's just at some point you're like, what are you, wh- why are you painting for? Like, what are you doing this for? Are you doing it for money? Then fine, you know, then be honest and be, you know, true to yourself and say, I just wanted to make a ton of cool paintings on this little book, this little compendium of paintings. And I want to sell the crap out of that book. And I got, you know, a ton of money for this. And that's awesome. Yeah, fine. If that was your goal, great you know but be honest with yourself and tell yourself that's what you want that's great that's totally fine like i'm not judging anyone for doing that but that's not what i was doing so if i had another reason i just had to be faithful to that reason so this was magical dina and you know there's there's something super cool about um my kids like saying oh i want to burn my paintings." Because I was like, oh, my God, like they have no idea how hard I worked on these paintings, like how much I love these paintings and how cool I think they are. So what they started doing is they just started ripping the pages that were their paintings and they wanted to burn their paintings. So my daughter burned all the paintings that, that, that were her paintings. And I didn't ask them to like, oh, OK, you pick your paint. No, no, no. This was super. I always praised this to them as you know. I'm say, we're going to say goodbye to uh, you know these paintings that I've worked on, and we're going to have s'mores. We we didn't have s'mores while the paintings were, were being burnt because we would have died probably. And it
0: <laughs> yeah, the was so
1: much. Yeah, it was so much like liquid in those paintings that <laughs> I, I'm sure that we we wouldn't be uh, alive now. But um, no, 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 we had s'mores, and I. My, my kids ripping these paintings out of this book with no remorse, I was like, this is so cool. Like they none, they just didn't have a sense of anything. They were like, yeah, we're gonna burn some paintings. And it's not like, yeah, because they're being ignorant. No, 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 they were just, they just kind of understood that this was just the, you know, the culmination of a process and that's fine. And that that it was fine. Like it was fine for them, and, and I guess it has to do with what I what I was just describing. That I don't want them to think that while I'm painting, I'm doing this sacred act. Because I, I you know, deep down, I think painting is like doing anything. You know, it's like baking bread. It's like you know, um, um, just putting uh, 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 making a, a brick wall. It's the same thing. It's it's just that we paint. We're not better or more special than anyone else. Um, so.
2: I really agree with you, but just as a, as a stranger, like, you know, I'd never, I mean, I, well, obviously I'd never met you, but I, I, like, I don't even think I'd ever really seen your work until, you know, I started looking at it because of that Burns mm-hmm. book Instagram thing. Um, and, and I had kind of this, um, well, two reactions, and one of which was, oh, God, this guy's such an asshole. They're so beautiful. And he just. Go ahead. Like, don't, don't hold it
1: in. Just and, uh, tell me, how, tell yeah, me what you really think.
2: <laughs> um, j- just for the record, I um, I agree with you. I think painting is just like doing anything else. But I also have these sketchbooks that I'm incredibly attached to. That you know the yeah,
1: that's great. That's totally fine. Uh,
2: and and my kid actually never throws away a single one of his drawings. He makes me keep these huge stack. You know <laughs> because he <laughs> uh, but yeah and but but then there's another part of me that was you know my, my, the other part of my reaction was like man that this. You know, he's got some balls, like, uh, like like, there's a lot of people that will talk about being not materially attached to their work or, you know, or, or, or to anything, but like, you know, he means it, like he just threw, because I feel like in a way sketchbooks are, at least for me, that's where a lot of the magic of painting kind of like, yeah. that's where I keep my soul. And you are so like, like what I envied about that act um, you know, other than resenting it and being angry about it, yeah. et cetera, right? I mean, asshole. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> But what yeah. I am about it is in a way you must be so sure that you will make others and that you'll make yeah. better ones, different ones that, you know, that, like, like you will keep going, that you're, you're totally fine. with like, okay, it's two years of paintings. So I'm gonna burn it and just move on. And so kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's exactly, it's exactly what you're describing. It's so cool when we can talk, we can talk amongst ourselves as painters because we we have those feelings we we have them and sometimes the thing is like those feelings scare the crap out of us like you know i'm i'm never i'm i'm not this is not my place and i'm never going to be the person to try to tell you that you should be unattached to anything no that's your road like that's your journey and you are the only person that knows how you feel about you know the paintings that you make and the sketchbooks that you make But what you're describing, like they felt like a special place. Like I felt like I felt that I was painting there in a way that I didn't get to paint when I was, you know, thinking, oh, I got to do like this. uh, This guy that reps me called me, and this uh, gallery wants like a sixty by eighty painting, and they love like kinetic painting, and I have to do something, you know, along these lines. So I have to do this big painting for them, and. I paint this painting and they give me money and we're good. No, like painting felt so different. So just kind of natural, like so organic, like waking up and you paint, like you, you paint, like you can go out on a walk or like, I always tell people, it's almost like um, people that go like I used to, not now I'm a disgrace now, but I used to run a lot. And at some point, like I did half marathons and marathons and, I used to like to go out and train. And at some point when I was running, I realized I actually don't care to run a half marathon or like a marathon. I don't, like, that's not the goal. Like, I just love to go out and run. That's it. I just like to go and run. And a lot of people go like, well, what are you training now for? And I would be like, no, I just want to go out and run and i'm not doing it to be healthy and i'm not doing it to just keep my weight like at a certain level i'm not doing it for anything like i oh yeah i just ate a lot and it's like beach season and i don't care like i'm as white as i can be i'm transparent like i mean i can't even show my body off so i there's no reason there, there was no reason for me to go out and run and i would still do it and so i realized you can still go out and jog or run. And it doesn't mean that you're training for a marathon or you're doing anything for any particular reason. Maybe it means that you just like to go out and run, you know, and that's it. And I realized like painting in a sketchbook was like, yeah, maybe I just like, to, maybe I just love this space where I can paint, you know, maybe I just, just, I love this little place where I just don't have any expectations. You know, I, I, I kind of free myself from any sense of judgment, that, like I don't have to show it to anyone. I don't have to show it to my girlfriend or to my mother, or to my kids. I could just try something out. God to because, you know, how fucking scared are we to try things out? We're horrified of those things when once we think we're on a road uh, that, that we, we, we do a certain type of painting and that everyone around us is expecting that type of painting and galleries are expecting those type of paintings. You know, it's so hard to just say, "Whoa, well, wait, I'm going to give something a try. I'm going to try something out and maybe I'm going to do 10 paintings that are horrible, but bear with me. You know, we don't have patience with ourselves to do those things and we're horrified of those things. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, I want that, those spaces. I want that freedom to just say, I'm going to try this. I'm gonna, I I really am gonna try this. And a lot of people are like, what are you gonna do with that? Well, nothing, nothing. Just try it. I I just want to give myself the chance to see what it looks like, what it feels painting a painting like that. Just maybe to see if it works, maybe it doesn't work, who cares? And people are like, because we tend to become hyperly efficient while we're painting even, and it's ridiculous. We could take like six months doing the painting and still we think of being efficient, which is absurd, but, but many times we can just do things because you know we have this drive to do them to see what can happen and maybe maybe those 10 paintings suck maybe they are you know failures but it doesn't matter like maybe we had to do those paint paintings and fail at them to, to then be at the other side and say wow i actually learned all this craft like while doing those paintings it gave me a sense of like security to now tackle these other problems um, so i that's what i loved. that's what i realized i loved about that space that was the, that was the sketchbook it, it wasn't the paintings i mean the paintings like you said they come and go like I'll, I'll be able to paint more who knows if they you know maybe some paintings in there will be some of the you know prettiest paintings i'll ever paint maybe you know who knows Who but who cares like if that's going to stop me from painting again oh my god might as well just die then and, and just say okay I'm hanging it up, you know. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna quit while I'm at my peak, and and that's it. No, but it's not about that. Like I'm excited. Like right now, today we had like last two days, we've had like super cool painting days. Like I've been like really psyched about the, these last two paintings, and I'm gonna go to bed today thinking like hell yeah. Tomorrow, like I want to see you know how painting's gonna go tomorrow. And that's awesome. Like, that feeling is so damn cool. Like, it, it's something that is so different from from when... And it's not less. It's not more or less. Like, I want to make that super clear. But it's so different than when I would just do a large painting and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to work on that arm today. And my whole day was defined by just trying to solve that arm. And there's a sense of achievement. And, and it's wonderful, too, when you're like, oh, finally, I could paint that diamond. Damn arm with that hand, and it worked out. It, it makes sense, and and it's pretty cool. And you can go to bed, and you're like, hell yes. But there's something weird about just tomorrow. I have no clue what I'm what I have to paint. Like there's a theme that we're doing, but I have no idea what I'm going to paint. No clue. And you know, I, I guess five minutes before the painting, I, I'm I'm going to know what I'm going to paint and. And then I'm going to paint the shit out of it. I'm going to really enjoy those hours that I have to paint that painting. And it's going to be cool. Like I, I'm excited to see if if it's going to kick my ass or if I'm going to be able to to um, not tame it or not be better than it. No, if I'm going to be able to solve whatever I put in front of me in some way. And I, I think that that's awesome. I think that that feeling is awesome. So, but you know, this process for me ends this year because I can't paint like this forever because it's ridiculous. Like it's fucking exhausting and it's, you know, I, I we can't do it like physically. I, I don't think I can do it. And one of the toughest things for me is to just grab a microphone and then try to do a voiceover where I'm trying to make sense of what I did every single day. It's just mm-hmm. super hard to do that. Um, so I know myself and I know like, how far I can push myself and I was like when we started I was like let's do this for two years because I, I don't think I could do it and even if it's incredibly successful I and mean, if people go like oh do another year well just buy all of your paintings do another year of this I don't think I could do it I, I don't but the, the good thing is that I've ruined completely my market by selling paintings for a super low price so that I fucked completely (laughs) um but it's cool because there's no way back like if you do something and there's always like a like an escape route where that you could take you're always going to be kind of conscious that there is a way out you're always going to tell yourself there's a way out you know i could push really far but there's you know there's this lifeline over here that i could grab onto and and i'm going to be fine but if there's nothing you know if you went all in then it's kind of like a very stupid decision but it makes sense so yeah so my market value now is 250 dollars. so i don't know what happens there because i can't ask people for more money after this
2: I mean, like so it doesn't make sense the one thing uh, had i known that could, could i put myself on the waiting list for one of your paintings because You're i there- I've loved them for so long, uh, and <laughs> so very you, nice. You, you might you might have you might have fucked your market, um, but <laughs> I, I like I might jump at the chance to you know collect. No, that's a real thank Nicholas you. Uribe painting. Uh,
1: no, thank you, thank you. It's it's been I, it's messed me up because now I look at stuff that I'm like, um, like I'm I'm gonna be super honest because I mean, and you could. You can look it up. I'm not lying, and it would be kind of stupid to lie. And I think I've seen, you know, your paintings and your prices. Uh, um, so it, this is not like a mystery to anyone. But um, you know, paintings that I would do like that size would go for like twenty five, three thousand dollars. You know, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars, and that would be like a regular selling price. And to then say, well, it's ten percent of that. You know, you can't go back. You can't just say, okay, now it's, you know. Now, yeah, that was ten percent. Now it's hundred percent again. Sorry, sorry, it was just two stupid years. No, it has to be something else. Like I, I, this has to put me in a road where I have no idea. I have no idea. Like there's a part of me, like a tiny part of me, that's scared. But I think that I've never that that feeling of being scared. Like if you don't have that as a painter, you're not painting. Like if you're not horrified about your future, you know, at some point you're not painting really, you're not risking things to paint. Um, but I think I learned how to live with that feeling of being scared, you know, and, and and I think that what has changed is that I just accept it now. So I have no clue what's gonna happen next year, but I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll, I guess I'll figure something out and and it'll work out. I don't know. I I always trust myself. I always have faith in myself that something is you know I'll I'll figure something out, and and that's kind of cool. It's a it's like a it's exciting. It's like a journey to try to untangle this mess
2: talking to you even for this long, by the way, I have no fear for you financially. I think (laughs) I think you're gonna be just fine. Oh thank you. Thank you. Like I think financially you'll be fine. For you it's more you know, like like for you it's more about figuring out what the next, you know, what's the next things that was that would hold you for, you know, like hold your attention and your interest for a really long time would be.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's what I've noticed, that if I can connect with that, I always find a way to you know, make a market for that. I mean, that, that sounds kind of, uh, that, that sounds disgusting in a way, but it's not really. I mean, I, I like there's, there's a part of the art market that I despise completely, but we, we, you know, we as painters, we have to also understand that we have to, that if we want to live, you know, of, of painting, we, we have to make a living, you know, through painting, we have to sell our paintings and we have to figure that out. Whatever that means, you know, whatever, figuring that out, you know, means, and, and whatever road that is for you, if it's about making hundreds of thousands of dollars through painting, then that's it, you know, then, then that's your road, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that when, when I understand where this path is taking me, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make adjustments, I guess, but, but I, I don't think I'm, I think I'm at a point where just, I guess, philosophically, I'm, i'm i got somewhere where i just don't I, I where i think that art could be more affordable that, that that's kind of like my i guess the conclusion of all of this is like you know what you know art is way too expensive we could get less money for what we do and if we were open to receiving less money then we would realize that regular people could buy our painting. Because the, the problem I've always had with, with painting and art in general is that we think that this is like this socializing act that is open for everyone. It's like super democratic and, and it's like, hey, come everyone, everyone can go look at painting and it's bullshit. It's not true. Like paintings could be so cryptic and, and the spaces, the dynamics of the spaces that show paintings can be so off-putting at times that it's not for everyone. You know, there's so many times that people. Yes, you know.
2: Do you mean like a New York gallery? Is that the office yeah. you're talking
1: about? Oh well, yeah. I mean, there 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 was there were times that I would go. You know, I, I remember just just being checked out. You know, I was outside uh, Zwerner and just people going like, oh God, you know, this this guy wants to come in that clearly would not be able to afford anything that we have in here, but we have to, you know. Uh, answer his questions if he has any. ill. Oh. and it's like, dude, come on! It's uh, you know, it's a, if there was like a Bohrman's show, for example, like that's a cool thing to see. Like, why don't you open those doors, let everyone in? Like, the, you know, the more, the merrier. Like, the more people that can actually have that that experience of contemplating um, a painting, that would be wonderful. But the truth is, it's it's not. You know, that that that's not that's not what painting is. Sometimes painting is just language spoken by painters. Like we speak in ways that fuck, like nobody understands. Um, and, and I find that like disgraceful. I, I I really, I really think that we could do better. Like if we truly believe that painting is for a lot of people, then we have to try to make, you know, choices. We have to make choices and we have to Do things so that it makes sense that it's for a lot of people, and in my case, it was just lowering, you know, prices and telling people, "Hey, usually you think that this would afford you a print. Well, maybe you could buy a kind of really cool painting, and that's what a painting is worth." And you know, that's it. Well,
3: well, I don't think you you shot yourself in the foot at all, honestly, because you probably built an enormous audience from the YouTube. And I know your Instagram's big 250 is nothing. It's not nothing. And you could do those quickly. And they're so beautiful. Like you're, I think with a painter like you who paints with love, skill, a, a nice blend of all of them, there's always going to be a market to, for that stuff.
1: Mm, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, I- and the other thing that we've been doing is also um, we we commit we we were completely committed to this even before we started um, a painting. It, it, well, we, we started this project of, of painting is that we we decided with uh, with Danny, with my girlfriend that if we were going to ask people to buy our work, we have to buy people's work. Like we. We can't just expect people to give us money and to throw money in our our face and and then that's where the equation sort of ends we have to buy other people's work and the i guess the only thing there is that we were looking for price points that were similar to ours which actually was really cool because it led us to the people that would sell paintings for you know the amount of money that we sell which are young very young people and we've been able to get like super cool paintings. We've been buying paintings every single month that we've been doing this project. I mean, we buy probably four or five paintings a month and, um, or, or drawings. Like we try to, um, we try to buy as much as we can and it kind of, it feels awesome. It feels awesome because it's not just about telling people you are my market and you know, this is my product and buy it. But, it's telling people, I am like you. we we are one. we are the same. We are all but the same. and if if I am asking of you to help me to support me, you can be sure that if I receive help, I am willing to also help other people out. like I am completely willing and capable of of helping people out. and it's it's awesome that that feeling is awesome. I've had. I've had moments in a day where, where i'm like yeah hell yeah we sold the painting and and then i'm checking somebody's work out in instagram and i have this instinct to go like oh oh you know is this work for sale and and they go like yeah it's like 300 bucks and i'm like oh fuck, that would you know i'm down 50 now because <laughs> i just made 250 but i'm buying a 300 one and i buy it and and i'm like hell yeah that's that's awesome like that that feeling is also um, incredible. And it doesn't mean that we can afford to, you know, sustain like a a huge amount of painters because it's not like, we won't really make a dent on anyone's life or career. If we're buying from them, you know, a one painting every couple of months, Um, but, but it's the right thing to do, you know, but it's just, it's, it's what makes sense with what we're doing. And, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not like, um, I guess I'm spiritual, but I don't believe in like higher beings or, or um, so, so I don't think it's about karma. I don't, you know, I, I don't believe in any of those things, but I just think that this is right. You know, that if I want, if I'm asking people to help me, I have to be willing to help people out. Like I, I have to, and if they put me in a position where I can help a lot of them out, well, it just means that I'm not going to make, you know, a lot of. Or, or, or whatever the money that I would make but I'm going to hang out with like awesome sculptures and paintings and drawings from people all over this you know cuz we bought from people everywhere in this planet and and that's amazing that feeling is also so cool just to say wow look look at all these things that connect us you know painters from all over and it's it's so cool it's it's actually it's nice i guess that's the um you know, it's the nicest part of, of the exercise that we're doing where, where it, 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 you actually see the results and the results are not like your bank account. Is that stupid? The, the results are like, look at how, how many paintings we've been able to, um, to actually pay for, because I know like I was a painter, you know, before where I traded paintings with other painters and that's super cool. But there's something to be said about just saying I'm going to buy your painting. There's something cool about that. Like I want to buy it. I want to pay you for what you did. That's kind of nice. It's really nice. And it's not that the money validates the painting, but it's just like, I I acknowledge the hard work that you put in into this. And, and I'm, you know, I want to, I want to recognize that. And, and I also want to be able to, you know, to see your painting, you know, every day and just, you know, all these paintings, we can't hang all the paintings that we have, but, um, I constantly look at those paintings and they, they just pump me up. Like it's such a, like amount of energy that you can get from looking at cool work that that's also like the part of it is that that, that's like, yeah, this is where it pays off. Like this, like this whole energy that I have every single time I wake up. It's like, yeah, that's that's what's feeding this this whole project. So it's super cool. I think we've been able to kind of round it out really nicely. But again, you know, next year, I don't
3: know. So I was talking about your your sense of shape in your painting is really exquisite. It's almost like how a drawer draws shapes and you're like filling them in. Could you what what is the the impetus for those? Shapes. What, what are you thinking about when you're painting those?
1: I, I think that those just come out of everything that's been my life up till now. Because I, I really, I wish I could say I'm just painting. Like, my mother was a painter, and I looked at painting when I was little, and I loved painting, but that's not true. Like, I loved comic books when I was little, and um, my family used to live in the U.S. Um, cause both my parents were all Colombian. So it's not, it's not that we're American. I, I just happened to be American because I happened to be born while my parents were, were there because my father was, uh, he did his masters and his PhD, and then he had to go back, um, come back home. Mm. Um, but when they came back, when they came back uh, from Wisconsin, cause that's where I'm from. Um, they brought like a bunch of comic books, stuff that nobody had here in, in, um, in Colombia. And we had, um, children's books, like tons of illustrated children's books. And, um, and my brother also had like Frazetta, you know, fantasy illustration books, and just really cool stuff. And I grew up with that. Like I grew up looking at very cool art. Um, but I think that I've been in so much contact with cool things that come from so many places. Like when I studied, a bunch of my friends went to the animation industry. When I was in SBA, a lot of people went to video games eventually. A lot of people went to um, animation industry. I have a friend that was you know, art director in Pixar. And, um, and I've loved everything that they do you know uh, other people are illustrators still that are fantastic other people are doing like urban painting and they're painting facades of buildings that are incredible and it's just so much stimuli coming from so many places and i guess that that's the the coolest thing about you know social media it's not followers or anything that's total crap that's you know that's the uh, bullshit part of all of this but the coolest thing is, is that people don't realize it. But you know, when I was a student, and I'm, I guess I'm sounding like a 95. But when I was a student, you know, you were beholden to Steve showing up with like a. a, a um, I remember with Fetchin, this happened. He had a book on the drawings of Fetchin. It was amazing. You couldn't find that anywhere, like fucking anywhere. And he just brought this book, and we were like, "Oh my God, Steve, this book." And he was like, okay, you guys could do a Xerox, but you could just Xerox like two pages, like pick your drawings. And I was like, fuck, I got to pick like the two best drawings. And I still have, I still have those two Xeroxes of the two drawings that Steve let me copy from his in uh, drawing book. That's and great. that's that's how precious like the sharing of images was. You know, that's how it felt. It was or I remembered when uh, David Stillman, which was another teacher of ours, he brought in a catalog of you uh, and Ooglo. And I remember looking at Ooglo and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, where, where's this painter from? Like, all I heard was like Sargent and Merrick Chase and, you know, all these like American Impressionist, Post Impressionist, like naturalist painters. And and suddenly, Ooglo, I was like, what the hell? And it was incredible. It was incredible. But again, it was just a catalog, it had like a loaf of bread. On the cover and that was it um and nowadays nowadays you open up instagram and it's like oh my god how many incredible people are in this world like i constantly like i, I don't I'm, I'm like my instagram is like um football real football you guys call it soccer football <laughs> um is just football like premier league Um, I like boxing, so, you know, I I have some boxing and just art, painting. Painting or sculpture or, like, people that do uh, models for uh, video games or for, um, you know, models and shit. I love that shit. Like, I love just being completely stimulated by images, by everything. Like, I'm bombarded by all these things constantly. And and that has to be – I mean – it has to weigh down and I can understand how a young person and I do feel different because I come from a different generation. So I don't give a fuck about Instagram. That's the truth. I don't like, I was a painter before Instagram. If, if tomorrow, like Instagram just suddenly crashed and they're like, Oh no, we have no way to socialize our painting. I'm like, Oh, fuck, okay. I'll do something else. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I can understand how a lot of young people, they go into Instagram and that totally kind of um, distorts their understanding of what painting is or art, you know, image making is. Because you start thinking like, oh my God, there's so many talented people in here and so varied and so incredible. And, um, and you start thinking that you're a piece of crap and you're not good enough. Um, but I just, again, I just celebrate all that shit. So I swallow it up. Like I, I eat it up. I i'm like this is amazing and this is amazing and this is incredible and i never tried to consciously like put it into my images i just let it kind of i don't know it just it's just there and and then when i have paint i'm like oh you know what it could be cool if like push like the geometry of these shapes and all these rhythms and i i kind of think about it and i always you know i i have this um I have this thing where I, I have this visual this enormous visual library uh, in my head of of painters and illustrators and comic book artists and and you know all these people that I enjoy and I'm always like oh that would be reminiscent of this painter and maybe she did something like this and she did and I'm not trying to copy anything I'm just trying to sort of internalize all that information and say let's see let's play around with this and see what happens but honestly it's just that it's it it feels more like a sandbox and just being playful than than it being some sort of dogma of painting or, or like a manifesto of painting or me or me telling you like yeah what i'm trying to do with this is this no i think that you know i think it's in the end if the painting is successful at, at what it's trying to do then it's going to be obvious what i'm trying to do like it, you're going to see the painting and you to be like oh yeah that kind of worked for these reasons and if it doesn't you know it means that i you know i didn't do a good job and that's fine but um but I'm not gonna say that that you know i'm'm I'm, I'm sort of beholden to any way of of picture making no i I, I really feel like it's um it's super playful like I, I I give myself the chance to try a ton of things out and you know it just kind of sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't work out that well so,
2: so speaking it. of Instagram people have been kind yes. of people there's there's a bunch of people from Instagram who have questions for you if you have time to do yes. Take-
1: you. i'll do it like a speed round let's let's see if we can uh if we can do this yeah okay.
2: um so let me just read 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 a few all right this one is to the point from briley moreno and um do you think you'll do a zoom workshop anytime soon with kill to get some critiques from you
1: um i'm actually going to do one uh right now with uh townsend atelier and you know i am you know i i, I am going to take this opportunity to speak about them because um, I could do workshops now by myself and I could just tell people like many artists are, are doing nowadays they' just you know you just do a course an online course and that's it you don't need like an, an intermediaries like any anymore honestly. but the people at Townsend have been so nice to me and I've done a bunch of workshops there um, when we could do like um, when I could travel to the US and do them and they're super nice. It's one of those you know it's a family-owned, you know, uh, atelier and, um, they work their butts off. They have a super nice community that they've been able to, um, create and take care of, uh, during the years. This one is in Chattanooga in Tennessee. And I love them. I love both Peggy and Stan. And, um, and I was, and of course, the the pandemic hit them like super hard, like really, really hard. Um, and, if i can help them out in some way that's awesome so i'm doing it through them because you know because of those reasons i i really have to honor the you know how nice they have been with me so i am going to do one of those it's it's going to be like a 5 day sort of painting challenge thing like boot camp thing where where honestly i mean those are all just words and it don't mean anything it doesn't matter but what we're trying to do is just every day have like a different exercise and hopefully just feel uncomfortable enough where we think we know how to paint, but we realize that we don't know how to paint and we have to try to make sense of the of picture every single day. And that's it. You know, I, I give, I give people like starting points and um, some sort of uh, formal obstacle in this, in the, in the sense that, you know, you have to do like a, I don't know, you have to do like a high key painting and let's see if we could solve this through, you know super like values and yeah stuff like that super simple honestly super simple but it's not it's supposed to sort of uh disarm people in the sense that you you bring you when you go to a workshop you're like yeah this is the way i work don't tell me how i'm supposed to paint no i'm going to show you that i can paint no I, i'm like I, i'm always like i could care less about those things like i, I don't care i I'm, I'm not here to say that you're a good painter or a bad painter like that doesn't matter uh, what I want is that you can just let yourself you know go through a workshop where you know you know maybe cool things will happen and and you can just learn a ton from them so
2: okay. yeah you so, need yeah, okay, speed round um let say um also briley, um actually, I guess the real question that he sent in, not the secondary one about the zoom workshop um. But um, he's saying, uh, um, I'm unable to paint in the same da- daily time frame as you, and it seems many other artists are able to accomplish a piece. Usually I need at least a month to finish a painting. If the piece I've made is admired but not as good as I would have liked it to be, how should I price it? For some, I spend close to 100 hours, and if I were to charge $10 an hour, a thousand seems too much to the qualities that I put out. Any advice on this issue? So it seems like it's a pricing question. That's uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I don't like formulas, to be completely honest, and I think that the worst way to, I, I'm guessing it's the easiest way to try and understand it when you try to tell people, well, how, much, how many hours did you put into something? But the truth is, I've seen people put hundreds of hours into a painting, and it's like crap, and it's like a <laughs> crap painting. And that's true. And I think we've all seen it. And the nicest thing we can tell those people. And sometimes we love those people. is like, Oh my God, you worked your ass off. Yeah. There's so much work in this painting, but deep inside you go like, Oh my God, you have to know how to work on your painting. Like, so hours don't justify anything. I wish that painting would be like that, that it would be like our mothers. I mean, at least that's my mother. It's like, Oh my God, he worked so hard. He deserves the world. You know, that's my, that's my mother, but it doesn't work that way. It it actually doesn't. Sometimes people can do like a stupid, you know, painting in like two seconds and they can charge tens of thousands of dollars and maybe we can work for months and, and we have to charge, you know, nothing. Um, No, I'm guessing uh, this person, I'm sorry, I, 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 I didn't catch the name, so I'm sorry. I apologize. But. You know, this person, they have to um, realize, yeah, if it takes them a month, it takes them a month. Like, who gives a crap if if it takes me a day and it takes you a month, then that doesn't mean anything. It takes me a day and it takes you a month, period. That's totally fine. And there's going to be somebody who, you know, it takes me a day and there's going to be somebody that takes them like 30 minutes. And there's going to be somebody that takes them a year. And we just have to come to terms with that and we have to be okay. And as far as pricing, pricing, um, just that's a question that you can, you have to answer for yourselves. You also have to understand if you are selling your painting, like who are you selling your painting? I'm not saying that you should sell more expensive to people that have money. No, that's also crap. But, you know, people that usually are accustomed to, you know, going to galleries and, you know, looking at painting or looking at art, you know, if you charge $1,000 for a painting, even if it's a small painting, they're not going to go like, oh my God, $1,000, I'm going to faint. No, they're going to be like, okay, like I understand it, but there's, it, but if you talk to people that have never seen what a painting, you know, costs, um, and and they complain about, or or they don't complain about a thousand dollar sofa, but then they see that your painting costs a thousand dollars, and they, you know, they go like, wow, what the hell, what are you doing? This is like robbery. Um, no, it, it, you know, if you have somebody who 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 goes constantly not or not constantly but at least you know from time to time goes to shows and and knows fairly how how uh, things are priced they're not gonna faint when you tell them you know when you give them a price um, but you're the only person that is able to establish what is fair like and what what I mean by fair is that when you receive the money you don't feel like you cheated somebody and you don't feel like you're being cheated and that is that I think is the place that you have to be. But that place means very different for, you know, different for, uh, it is very different for, you know, different people. For me, it means today that if I do a painting and I get 250 bucks, I feel totally fine. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm giving my work away. I feel like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, I feel okay with, with getting that. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to say, just nope, forget it. I'm not going to sell my work for 250 bucks. You're an idiot. And that's totally fine. Like I'm not, what I'm doing doesn't have to work for anyone else, you know, it's just what I'm doing. And it has to work for me. And like I said, I'm totally fine. But you have to find that place where, again, you're not taking advantage of people because don't be a wise ass. Don't try to take advantage of people, that's not cool. But you also don't, you're not not just giving your work away. You're not just, you know, working your ass off and then just, just giving it away. No, it has to be fair it has to feel like it's something that's fair so
2: yeah, yeah
1: that's the best way i could answer i guess
2: yeah. do you want to do one more sure okay this is from julian davis it says um i stumbled on nicholas discussing his recent forays into painting from imagination and memory rather than from observation yeah that's terrible okay uh, in art history, this tradition tended to start from a very particular iconography, b- b- biblical, mythological, etc., which helps the artist. Has he discovered present-day equivalents to inspire him?
1: Oof, that's a uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> too. Thank you for the uh, the easiest one. Like, yeah, like the quickest one for the last one. Um, uh, no, the, the the closest thing. I, I mean, not in that sense. I don't think I'm I'm searching for. Um, the sort of narrative painting that 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 kind of echoes that sort of um, like the roots of of Western painting. Um, no, probably I, I think that I understand myself now more of a like an intimate painter. You know, I just I'm totally comfortable with um, with the commonplace and with you know the unextraordinary. Maybe that that kind of took the place of all those stories and. And I'm fine with just speaking about my daughter being tired or my daughter trying to pay attention to her Zoom class or you know, things that I would have never thought were the, op- should be, or, or could be the object of painting. And I think that that's important for me because I used to think that painting was this um, sort of dignifying act at the beginning. I thought painting was like you know, the coolest thing on earth. It was like the, uh, the, um, the highest of all arts. And at some point it kind of was for centuries but you know if you ask me now no painting is nothing and i actually love the challenge not challenge as in i could i can make anything look cool when i paint it, it no that's garbage but i love the challenge of, of, of putting myself through believing that if if I was left with with nothing, with you know just this empty room, and and I have to face this corner of this of this empty room, I would find worth in in painting. You know that I, I have to believe that I want to believe that. So it is a different road. It's not about um, using as not as a crutch, but but using you know. Fabled stories as as uh, starting points or as catalysts for, for bigger paintings or or um, no it, it's it's a different sort of narrative it, it's it's believing that you know you you can you could paint anywhere you, you don't need much to paint you could paint anywhere anything and and it will be a valuable painting exercise it it can become um, a very you know deep meaningful valuable painting exercise. And it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to carry on its shoulders like the weight of centuries of of um, painting. It doesn't. It could be a very simple thing, and at least that's what I believe. in. But yeah, so that's the best that I could do with that that question. Uh, um, uh,
2: Marshall, do you do you have a final question? And
3: no, I think I'm good. This was great, Nicholas. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you guys.
2: Wait, cool. Wait, 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 Nicholas. One more thing. Uh, just oh my to- God, Dina! Come no, on. No, I don't. let's get back to that sketchbook you destroyed. No, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still not done with that. No, t- t- can you tell tell people where they could find you? Where they You know, like a, a, like like where they can buy your work, watch your videos, kind of. You know, it, it j- just sort of like follow you on this adventure that you're on.
1: I'm I'm super terrible at that because I. Um, you know, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's just a normal person here. And I'm, I'm the one who's, um, who's just, uh, the rock in her shoe. But, uh, because I, I told her from the beginning, we're not going to monetize this channel. We're not going to receive any sort of sponsorships because a lot of people, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to know, you know, a lot of people and, you know, I've been offered like brush sets and, you know, oh, we can have like a paint set of, of what you're doing and, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't want anything. I, I really don't, that kind of disturbs me in a way that I, I want to be able to say, oh, look at, and I know um, so I know these people, so I feel comfortable by saying this, but um, if, for example, if I buy a rosemary brush, which are great, I have like a couple of brushes there that, um, that they actually uh, gave me, but they're great brushes. But if one of their brushes sucks, I want to be able to say, oh my God, I bought this rosemary brush and it sucks. You know, it was fucking 60 bucks and it sucks. What the hell? I want to be able to say that. Like I want to feel free to say those things. And the only way I can do that is by not being beholden to anything, not accepting sponsorships, not accepting paid promotions, not accepting anything. So we don't do any of that. So there's no commercials in our videos. There's no nothing, nothing. Like I buy, all the paint that i have i buy all the uh sketchbooks that i have i have i've bought the brushes that i have so i feel great about doing those things like if i like something i'll say it and if i like like a very cheap you know michael's uh you know 50 cent brush and i think it's great i'm gonna be like hell yeah this brush is amazing and if i have a kalinsky sable brush and i think wow i actually kicked ass with this brush but it sucks because you know it's Kalinski and it's natural hair and it's a terrible thing, but it made a great painting possible, but I don't know how to feel about those things. I'll also say it. So I, I like that part. So I suck at promoting what we do because I don't like to promote what we do. I, I've never paid for advertising for Instagram or for Facebook or for anything that we've been doing. Um, I don't. I don't like to work that way. I like for, the people that find our channel to find it through kind of organic ways. I'm not going to say, I'm not saying that I'm not going to say what the channel is called. Like it's called our painted lives. And you know, if you like the channel and I guess that that's, that's the easiest way to go into what we're doing because that's the project that we're doing right now. Um, you're going to find like tons of videos. I mean, tons and tons of videos that you can watch. You could super binge uh, uh, watching, um, binge watch our, our, our videos if you want. Um, and, you know, if you read the descriptions in the videos, you'll see that there's an Instagram account and you'll see that there's a page where we have our storefront. And if you like a painting, you could go there and, and buy it. Like, if you like the painting that we do that day, you can just go there and buy it. So um, I think that that's a cool way to do it. You know, I don't have to shove, I don't have to put like... <laughs> Hashtags all over the place. That, for example, my Instagram, no hashtags. Never, ever, never. I don't, some people think that this this um, algorithm is like, a, you know, it's like the devil. We have to fight algorithms. Fuck, I've never paid for Instagram anything, nothing. I swear to you, like on my dad's life that, you know, passed away. But I have never paid for anything. And I don't put hashtags on any of my posts. Like that shit doesn't work. Like that stuff doesn't work. It doesn't. You know what works? Talk to people. Talk to people. Like put cool stuff in your Instagram and start talking to people and you know, exchanging words with people and having conversations with people that you like and <laughs> and that's what works. It I mean I I've never done anything that's weird with anything that I've been doing. I just post something and I talk and I've been able to not create this community. It's just like I've been able to be part of a bigger community of people that enjoy painting and i'm active there as i or as active as i am with like friends you know just chatting with friends and saying oh that's super cool like and if i think something is awesome like i'll share it because i just think it's awesome you know and and that's it that's that i think that's a really nice way to find um people's work so yeah so you know, if you, if you want to check our videos, that's what it's called. It's kind of super simple. It's our, our painted lives. and That's it. And if you like it, yeah, I'm guess. And if you dig around uh, a little bit, uh, you'll find, like, other other spaces that we're at. But I think that's, that's totally fine. Oh, thank you so much,
0: Nicholas. No, thank you, guys. Thank, thank, you thank you so much. This was oh, really fun.
1: Dude, is that a painting? Marshall, is that a painting behind you? I, I, I've been being
0: ask. Hey, thank you for listening and coming along with us on this long journey. I hope you got some good takeaways from this interview. I want to let you know that we have an official Art Grind podcast hotline now. So call us and let us know what sort of creative projects you have going on during these crazy times. Let us know what's on your mind. And we'll play it on our next episode. The number is 929-267-4830. Again, it's 929-267-4830. Artgrindpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram. And if you feel like supporting us financially, you can easily hit that donate button on our website. And if you feel so inclined leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help us. We love all the support we get from our listeners and hope to do our best to bring you more great interviews for you. So be safe out there and stay on the grind.